Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural Behind the Mask podcast for the 2023-2024 hockey season. Hockey is officially back, and we're going to do Behind the Mask a little bit different here. I'm going to be your host, Oscar Henderson, and we're going to be joined by the hockey beat, Lily Samuel, Cooper Evans, and Sydney Inchum. Today, it is only Sydney with me, but uh, we're going to do this podcast a little bit differently, as last year it was mainly focused on Michigan State hockey. Uh, this year, we're going to be looking around the world of college hockey. We're also going to be talking a lot of NHL, too. So we're going to be doing first half college hockey, second half NHL. Again, I'm joined by Sydney Isham. He's, she's going to be my co-host today. Sydney, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing really good. Um, hockey is officially back, so I'm so excited for that, and I'm so excited to talk hockey for about the next hour. Definitely. We got a lot of great games that happened over the weekend in college hockey and a lot to preview for the NHL season that starts tomorrow. Um, but for now, we're going to get into the college hockey topics. Uh, of course, obviously, we're going to first talk about Michigan State, the hometown team, sweeping Lake Superior State. Uh, this weekend. Uh, Sydney, you went to both games. I mean, what did you like from Michigan State and what did you see that impressed you? Michigan State played absolutely phenomenally defense. Like, their defensive line is just so stacked this year. Um, of course, top line defensemen. We have Nash Neenhaus, who's the captain this year, uh, with Artem Levshnov, the 17 year old who's projected to go. Um, Top 10 in the 2024 draft. He was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Both of them recorded goals this weekend. Um, we got a, we had a lot of goals from defensemen, a lot of defensemen playing very well offensively. Um, doing really good. Everyone was on the same page, it seemed, for the goal to win. There were a couple times where MSU got the lead and got a little too comfortable, and Lake Superior State was able to uh, get some past past the defenseman, but overall I think they played really well and they were it was a it was a great brand of Spartan hockey Definitely. and I'm, I'm excited to see how they continue to play. Definitely. One thing of course, as you mentioned before, I loved seeing how much depth scoring they got, especially from their defenders, Nash Neenhaus, Artem Levshnov. Both of them had goals this weekend. I Victor mean Hertig Victor also Hertig had, had a goal. goal. Yes. I mean that's what you want to see from your defenders is for them to be able to defend well, which they did all weekend, and also be able to contribute a lot offensively. And that's something that's going to be very explosive or dynamic for the Spartans team if they're allowed to you know, have defenders also be legitimate scoring threats as well. Um, I want to also mention Trey Augustine had his first uh, debut weekend this today. Uh, he, had, he looked pretty good, I thought. He had some a little bit struggles there in the second period on Saturday giving up two goals but I mean he looked resilient and looked like it the moment was definitely not too big for him yeah I mean coming off last season we had an absolute brick wall of a goalie at Dylan five foot Saint seven Cyr. at five foot seven inches tall <laughs> Dylan St. Cyr really really helped the team and you know we were coming in we've lost we also lost Pierce Charleston um who was the backup goalie last year so we were coming in with Two freshmen who had never seen a game of college hockey, of course, Trey Augustine and uh, Luca DePasquo, uh, and then also John Moore, who, despite being a senior, has never seen a game of play. That is... Um, so, I know at Media Day, we were both really interested to see who was going to start, and Augustine seemed the obvious choice, and of course, that is what Nightingale went with. And I think he did great. He didn't seem to be too stressed out. Um, at the goal, 
He was making some great saves. Uh, he wasn't tried too hard. Not definitely not as hard as uh, Lake Superior State's goalie was getting tried, but he did perform very well. And for his first series as a as a hockey as a college hockey goaltender, I think Trey Augustine performed like as well as you could hope he could. Definitely, I think it'll be really interesting to see next weekend as they go on the road at Air Force first road test for the Spartans this year. I think it would be very interesting to see how he handles that type of environment or a hostile environment per se, instead of being in front of the home crowd. So we're gonna go off of that. We're gonna look nationally a little bit more. Quinnipiac in BC. Quinnipiac had their championship ceremony uh, on Saturday and BC just came into their house and absolutely spoiled it. BC won in overtime. I believe the score was two to one, right? Uh, against Quinnipiac, and man, that Boston College team looks really, really good. In my notes, uh, I wrote under this, um, it's BC. Why are we surprised? I, 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 granted, I understand they had a very down year last year, um, missed the tournament, which is not very Boston College, but then they come out here, get, what is it, nine USA National Development Program players, I believe. They got at least, like, four in the first round. At least. uh, Will Smith and his little posse of NTDP guys. At least. They all committed um, to BC, which was insane, so they're absolutely stacked in that lineup. Yeah, and we saw it against Quinnipiac. They rolled deep. They looked like they have at least three lines that could be top line if needed. And, I mean... This team looks like a legit threat. And also, I would like to mention, Jacob Fowler had himself a day against the reigning champions. I mean, one goal like, one goal is hard to hold Quinnipiac to. Doing it in your first collegiate hockey game is absolutely insane. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of great work from freshman uh, goaltenders this this year. Um, the young guys are definitely stepping up. We got like so many highly anticipated incoming freshmen. Um, I mean, MSU, uh, I think it's in the top 10. MSU has two of the most highly anticipated freshmen uh, in Artem Levshnov and Trey Augustine. But BC, BC has about four of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely kind of just destroying everybody else in that front. They have such, ta- like, they have such young talent on their team that I don't know how anyone <laughs> plans to stand up against Definitely. them. It's going to be very interesting to see how they do in a very, very tough Hockey East Conference this year. I mean, looking at, you got Mary Mack, who's ranked now 15. BU is the number one team in the country. Providence had a big win this weekend. We're going to touch on a little bit them later, uh, touch on them a little bit later in the episode. But, I mean, BU, man. Obviously, for Quinnipiac, it did not help that their top two goal scorers did leave the game early. Um, against BC, that obviously uh, is a bit of a blow for Quinnipiac. I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back, though, as you know they did have a tie against, I believe it was Northeastern on Sunday in an exhibition game. So hopefully they're able to bounce back this week. Um, but moving on to Providence, they split the season series against Michigan in Yost. And I mean, Sydney, a lot of questions were come in with this Michigan team, losing a lot of players in the offseason. People were looking, is this going to be a rebuild year or 
a reload type of thing for Michigan like they have been doing the past few years. I mean, this first series against Providence, kind of looking on the ways of rebuilding a little bit maybe. I mean, yeah, we saw uh, MSU getting – or not MSU, sorry. Uh, University of Michigan, they, they got so far um, last year making their Frozen Four appearance. Um, but, of course, they had – uh, what a lineup they did have with Luke Hughes <laughs> and Adam Fantilli, whom they both lost um, to the NHL. Uh, so they, their star players um, are gone now, which is really unfortunate for the lineup, but they do still have a lot of depth. Um, they're still like a phenomenal hockey team without that. It's just they aren't as phenomenal of a hockey team. Um, so I think I, all eyes are on Michigan to see if they really – if they were a phenomenal hockey team without those two stars, because I know after um, I went to UMich game uh, last year, after it was right after World Juniors, so all like all the big players weren't playing, Fantilli and Luke Hughes, uh, they weren't playing, um, and so they almost lost to the uh, national team development program, the U18 team. Um, so it was a bunch of D1 hockey players versus a bunch of 17-year-olds. And the 17-year-olds almost won. They It was, I think, like 8-7, to seven, the game. And that kind of put it in perspective on, like, is wish that good if they don't have their best players? And so they've lost those best players. So now they really have to prove that they are a serious hockey school, even if they don't have, you know, the number three and the number four Picks. Definitely. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how Michigan does, especially in, again, another really good conference of the Big Ten this year. It's absolutely loaded with, I mean, a lot of talented teams. Um, rankings did not hurt them very well or very much. They drop only down to six this week uh, in the top 20 for the USCHO, and they will have their first row test as well going to Massachusetts for a series weekend. We will see. How they do there, but moving on, we are going to go now to St. Cloud State. A tournament team last year had a lot of struggles against Thomas, Minnesota. Thomas won on Saturday against St. Cloud State, and St. Cloud did play them again on Sunday. Did only get a 1-0 win, though. They also got outshot in that game. I mean, Sydney, for a tournament team to be outshot or by St. Thomas, 19-33, and then also lose the previous day. I mean, what what is going on with St. Cloud right now? Um, So, I, I all eyes are going to be on St. Cloud right now after after their run. Um, I think they're, we're just getting too comfortable, um, maybe a little too cocky. Uh, but again, it's college hockey, so every year your team is going to change a lot. You're going to lose a lot of players. You're going to gain a lot of new players. Uh, you're going to gain a lot of young players. Um, so it's really just like getting into the swing of things. Uh, of course, this is like, you know, everyone's first time to shine. So everyone's still getting on their feet. But what I found most interesting was they uh, won on the road, but they, they lost at home, which usually a home ice advantage would um, would help a team, but no, their first appearance at home they lost, and their first road appearance they won. That's very interesting too. And I mean, also to point out the game that they lost. I mean, all their goals only came on the power play. They didn't really were able to do much 
on even strength. I, I mean, that's definitely a cause for concern if they're not able to yeah, really capitalize not able to... on even strength type of offense and not really be able to convert. Obviously, they played really well on that power play. Again, all four goals came on the power play for St. Cloud State, which is a good sign that they know that their power play is legit this year. But again, a lot of cause for concern for St. Cloud is they just did not look like the same team last year on even strength. Yeah, a strong power play is, of course, uh, a very important. But, you know, hockey is played five on five. And if you can't get the goals in on five on five, then you just have to pray that your your opponent takes a penalty and, and, and makes a mistake. In order, if that's your only way of scoring is on a on a power play, then you really have to hope that someone else messes up, and it's really not a sustainable way to to make a a hockey program if if they can't play five on five. Definitely. So they have a really tough uh, game coming up next weekend. They go to Minnesota State. Obviously, not a very easy place to play. We'll see. How they do next week, and of course, we'll probably be talking about it. But now we are going to go on to our conference winner predictions. Um, there are a lot of great conferences in college hockey this year, and we're going to be picking just one team that we think is going to win their whole thing and get their automatic bid to the tournament. We are going to start first with the Atlantic Hockey Conference. Sydney, I'm going to let you go first. Who do you think your pick is to win the Atlantic Hockey Conference? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, Why'd it's you a, pick me first? It's a very, I, I will admit, it was unfair to pick you first. I agree. It is a very, very weak conference this year. Not a lot of. There's not a lot of big names. Not a lot of big names. Not a lot of talented teams in here. Kind of, uh, definitely a down year for the Atlantic Hockey Conference. Let's go. Let's go Air Force. <laughs> I, I was going to pick Air Force as well. I mean, it just seems like they will probably have the best team in the Atlantic. Again, not a very fun conference to be looking at this year in terms of hockey. So now we move on to a better one, the Big Ten. Obviously, a lot of competition in the Big Ten. You have Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, who all and Minnesota, who all opened up as rankings or ranked in the preseason rankings, Notre Dame. Did drop out this week after a loss, a series split to Clarkston. So, Sydney, again, going to hand it to you. Who do you think is going to win the Big Ten? This may sound a little biased, but is it is it terrible if I hope it's the Spartans? I don't think it would be terrible if you go with the Spartans, but I will say Minnesota looks really good this year. Minnesota does look really good, but I'm going to have to say I have faith in Nightingale and what he's doing with these guys. <laughs> I don't know, after seeing them play, but Minnesota is always, always a good They're choice. always good. It, Minnesota is currently ranked, I believe it's it's number two in the country right now. Yeah. So it, it, I, I, that's the pick I'm going to hey, have to Hey, we're number with. eight. We are number eight. That's not something to sly at, but Minnesota this year, they just have such a good team. I mean, they went to the Frozen Four last year. I would probably expect them to do it again this year. I think... As much as I love the Spartans and I love how good they look this year, I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Minnesota as my pick. Yeah, that... we're gonna we're both in agreement there, Minnesota. 
Minnesota, but I'll we'll, keep my hopes we'll keep, up for we'll MSU. Keep our, we'll keep our home spirit in and always, of course, hope that it's Michigan State. Moving on to the CCHA. Again, another not as talented division as the Big Ten, but a lot of talented teams on here. Sydney, who do you think is going to win the CCHA? Um, who? Um, Lake Superior State played phenomenally this weekend, but I don't know if that's a full test to their strength as a hockey program. Um, St. Thomas obviously beat St. Cloud in there, so I think it could be up in the air. Um, I'm going to... Honestly, I'm going to go Lake Superior State. Really? Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna be crazy. That's a that's a bold choice right there. Yeah, I I think the way that they played this weekend was just they seemed to be such a strong team, um, and they definitely surprised. I think they surprised a lot of people. I agree. I they looked really good. They never backed down from Michigan State. They got into a lot of bad. They got into a lot of bad games or a couple bad moments with the Spartans being down three nothing at one point in the first game, and then of course being down early again on Sunday. But they, I, I agree with you. They showed a lot of resilience in terms of fighting back, and it looked like they, they were definitely not an easy out for the Spartans. No, I think they caught the Spartans off guard, uh, and most every Spartan fan uh, came, coming into this. Uh, at the time, number nine, Michigan State, versus an unranked Lake Superior State. Um, and to be have an actual game of hockey that was close I think, I think they could surprise us this season. Interesting. I, I, I have to disagree with you on this one. I think it's going to be Michigan Tech. I think they have a lot of talent on that team. Um, looking at the CCHA, I really feel I, – I agree Lake Superior State is going to be a good team. I think they give Michigan Tech a fight. But, I mean, looking out, outside of there, I mean, really – all we have is Minnesota State, and I think they're looking at a down year this year. So yeah. I, I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Michigan Tech here. No, Michigan Tech, I can definitely, I can definitely see that them being one of the big guys in the, in the division. Definitely. So now we're gonna move on to our halfway point with the ECAC. Um, this one again, very competitive group. Uh, we have a couple tournament teams from here who were in the tournament last year with Harvard and Cornell. Uh, Cornell made a very deep run in the tournament last year. So, Sydney, who do you think you're going to pick for the ECAC? Uh, I think I'm going to go with a kind of an obvious choice, Quinnipiac. Really? Um, I think last year's performance. Um, I don't I don't think Quinnipiac is going to hold against um, other conferences, um, but – you still think it's their conference to lose? I, I think it's their conference, but I don't think they would hold up against um, many other teams, but in their conference, I think they could hold up. But, I mean, the Ivies do usually have very strong yeah, teams. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think that I want to go with Cornell on this one. I yeah. think Quinnipiac is going to be in for a down year this year. I feel like they've lost too much. And now, I mean, we don't know what their – statuses on their top two goal scorers that's quite a cause for concern yeah. for me for Quinnipiac um I I think they're not gonna be as dominant as they were last year I think Cornell's got a great team down there I think they're gonna be the ones to 
take away the ECAC, I think they get their auto bid. The court, the Ivies always have strong programs, oh, yeah. and um, Cornell does have a really strong one this year. Um, yeah, we'll see. That's that's true. We'll definitely see as the season goes on. I, now, I think that conference will be interesting. Though, that conference will definitely be interesting. Now we're gonna move on to maybe the most interesting conference in all of college hockey, the Hockey East. So we have, of course, big top dogs in Boston College and Boston University, both ranked top five right now. Of course, you have Merrimack, Northeastern, and Providence. Merrimack and Providence also ranked in the top 20 right now. Sydney, who do you think is going to win this conference? The dimension on Boston College. It's, it's, it's unmatched. <laughs> I was, was going to say. It's unmatched, the the talent they have. The talent from this draft alone um, is unmatched. They... They might as well just be uh, the U.S. NTDP <laughs> with how many guys they got Boston on there. Boston College United States National Development Team program. The, I mean, it's, it's it's let's just call this the U the U twenty team, the <laughs> National Team Development Program. They got all the guys. Um, I think it's I think it's unmatched. Honestly, I, I'm I gonna have to agree with you here, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what you say i think it's i think obviously it's going to be 1a 1b boston college yeah. bu i think bu though is going to be right on their tail the entire season of course when you have macklin celebrini on your team i mean your yeah you do have, gonna be good the first so, overall is gonna is gonna definitely yeah. help so obviously that's gonna help a lot for Bo bu i don't think they have the depth that boston college does because boston college's depth is just absolutely insane this year but i mean i think they'll still be able to good up, put up a good fight but i think at the end of the day it it just be crazy to go anyone else for boston college right now especially with the performance they had against quinnipiac on saturday i mean i, th I think we can just agree that uh boston's gonna dominate hockey east oh, yes. whether it's boston college or bu yes. uh it's it's just gonna be a battle of boston of course of course moving on to our last conference we have another pretty interesting one the nchc there's a couple of good teams in here as well. Uh, Sydney, who are you going to go for you with your pick? I, <laughs> um, I was – North Dakota is always a solid choice. I feel like North they Dakota looked, always – They looked good. really good this weekend. North Dakota always makes a good run. Um, St. Cloud State, they had a little bit of a shaky start against uh, St. Thomas, but <sighs> – I feel like I'm going to have to go St. Cloud State still. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Even after the shaky start. Wow. I, I, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I think I'm going to have to go with North Dakota. I think the talent is there for them this year. Um, the NCHC, of course, really competitive. I I've just see all these teams just beating up on each other for yeah. the entire year when they start conference play. Um, but I think... North Dakota is going to have the talent at the end of the day to bring them out of the league and win that conference for them. So I, I'm going to go with North Dakota. I North think. Dakota's been solid for years. They have, it's, and they looked really good this weekend. Too. Uh, they 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 produce. Um, I, I definitely I definitely see that, but I think St. Cloud can come back from this shaky start. Um, but no, I def I definitely don't disagree that that North Dakota is gonna they're gonna have a big impact. Definitely. So now that wraps up our college portion of Behind the Mask, we are going to move on 
to the professional league, the NHL. The NHL kicks off tomorrow with a triple header. Um, we're not going to talk about that yet. We're going to do pickums for all the big games this week uh, later on in the episode. But we are going to start the season real hot with some hot takes. Sydney, I want you to go first. I just I I don't care what take it is. I just want to hear it, and it it's got to be it's got to be hot. Ooh, what are my hot takes? I feel like I have a lot of them. Um, <laughs> any any day now. <laughs> um, I'm thinking the West is going to be disappointing. Really, the West is going to be disappointing. I don't. I I I can agree with you on that. Um, I mean, looking at the West compared to the East. I, I mean, mean, the East is just going to be just absolute, another monster. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be insane. I think I can agree with you. I, I think there will be a lot of great teams coming out from the West, but I think definitely those teams have a lot more question marks than yeah. some teams in the East do, I would say. And I, I think I think the Stanley Cup winner is going to be from the East. I, I agree with you, too. I, I'm pretty sure we both have the same Stanley Cup pick. Yeah, I would be. Con- I, yeah, I, would be, <laughs> I think we've I'd talked be about concerned it. If I, we've definitely talked about it. I would be concerned if we did it because I, I'm pretty sure we both agree there's only one team who's like looks like a legit Stanley Cup contender this year, or like the yeah. team who looks like they can win it all. Um, I don't. Um, this may be controversial because they just won the Stanley Cup. But I don't think the Golden Knights are going to be the team that they I were. I definitely don't think they will be either. I think that they won. They were in the right place at the right time um, with everything that was happening with the Panthers. I, I don't think that they necessarily deserved to win the Stanley Cup, and I think that that's a hot take. But I don't like the Golden Knights, and I'm going to be very honest about the fact that I don't like the Golden Knights. Um, and so I don't think they're going to get nearly as far as they did. Um, but, of course, they have some good guys on there. Jack Eichel's still going to be... One of the best players in the league. Of course. He's still gonna perform really well for them. Um of course. but I don't think they're gonna go back to back. Of course. Um what would be my hot take for the year? Um you know what? I'm gonna say it. Um I think the Bruins are gonna miss the postseason this year. I think that in terms of offense, they have just lost way too much to both retirement and free agency. Um, Dylan Cousins is gone. Taylor Hall's gone. Bergeron's retired. Crutchy they just is lost gone. AJ Greer. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I mean, I I th- I agree. Yes, they have David Pasternak. He's a top three goal scorer in the NHL right now, without a doubt. But I don't think just Pasternak is going to be enough. For the Bruins, I think if they're gonna win games, they're gonna have to one thought definitely change the way in which they approach uh, games. I think they're gonna have to really focus on defense, of course, and just really winning and low scoring, grinded out type of games because I think that's the type of team that they have right now. And I just think in the NHL today, I don't think you can really be a successful team and win that way. I think you have to be able to have a consistent offensive output for you to be a serious contender. And I just I just don't think they have enough of that offensive output. And I think it'll cost them in the end. I think they'll miss the playoffs. No, I I think their their team has a lot of gaps in it. And I don't 
I don't know if they'll be able to fix those depth those is gaps. A, depth is a huge concern for me too. I what happens when Mar like what happens when Marshan or Pasternak get injured? They're they're done. They're gone. Um, they're going to be a shell of a team. Um, we saw this last year with the Canadians, uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield getting injured. Um, they're, and you're a lottery team. You're you're no one without your top goal score. When you're no one without your top goal scorer, um, you just get absolutely like destroyed by the rest of your your division. And I <laughs> I think the Bruins are having unfortunately a very similar fate to the Montreal Canadiens, which is always a terrible comparison to make. Um, but I think they're I think they're a very old team too. They're getting. They're getting up there in age. They're definitely not like a very young team. Like even Pasternak is getting a little older. Um, he's still performing very well. But again, having a single <laughs> top performing goal scorer. Like, I mean, we're even seeing that with um, the Oilers. Like you look at the Oilers, they have Dreisaitl and McDavid and still they can't win a Stanley Cup. They can't Cup. get past the second round. They, <laughs> they can't win a Stanley <laughs> Cup and they have two of the best players in the entire league. So... To expect the Bruins to make it too far with only one of them, I mean, I just don't think they they have the depth that it requires. Definitely. So we're going to keep track of our hot takes. We're going to get Coopers and Lilies hopefully next week as well, and we'll track them throughout the season, make sure that we keep them updated, and hopefully uh, hopefully we're right with them. I mean, who, who knows what this NHL season has in store for us. Moving on, we're going to be looking at the rookie class this year, looking like it's going to be a pretty good one i mean we have three top guys who look like they're already ready to go into the nhl um of course Connor bedard one of the best prospects most hype prospects we've seen since patrick kane um logan cooley drafted last year third overall by arizona he's gonna play this season has looked really good so far in preseason and adam phil tilly uh third overall pick this year is also gonna start playing for the columbus Blue jackets this year he has looked Pretty good in preseason so far. Uh, Sydney, who do you think is going to be the best out of those three this season? Not Bedard. Um, <laughs> that's my. You have you have a lot. You have a lot of hot takes about Connor Bedard as well. And I know we saved those until we got to this segment, but let I rip. do have a lot of hot takes about Bedard. I watched the uh, Blackhawks at the Detroit Red Wings the preseason game. Um, it was an absolute bloodbath the it was a massacre of the Blackhawks yeah we um, did not look too good in that preseason game <laughs> <laughs> the the Blackhawks looked really rough um Bedard really only had a couple shots that were even close to exceptional uh he looked very scared um he looked very nervous uh I mean you can't really blame him though he's relatively small and the Red Wings are huge and He's going to be playing against a lot of guys who are going to be a lot bigger than him and are going to have a lot of weight on him. Um, but he just—he definitely did not have that confidence that he had at uh, World Juniors um, that we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, I don't know. I think he's really hyped, and I think the pressure's sort of, sort of getting to him. Uh, and with that, I think Adam Fantilli, I think he's a bit of a wild card. Um, I think he, there's still a lot of mistakes to be made as a young guy like him. Uh, he's just he started last season off um, at 17, and I mean he was phenomenal around college age kids. But again, he's going to be facing people who are a lot bigger than him, uh, a lot older than him, 
Uh, and as a rookie, there's still a lot of mistakes to be made. And honestly, my hot take for best rookie of the year is going to be Logan Cooley. I think he did. I think he did great in the preseason. Um, I think he overall just looks really solid. But also Matthew Nyes on Toronto. You're right. I think Matthew Nyes could could you think come he's through. You're at Dark Horse uh, and Calder com- yeah. contender. And I mean, <laughs> on that on that front with the the Dark Horses, a uh, Luke Hughes. Uh, course, the Devils. Yes. Um, the Devils are going to do great things this year, and I think Luke Hughes is going to be a big factor in that. And if they can, if they can get his development down with as little mistakes as possible from him, I think that he can, he could definitely go far. Definitely. Um, I definitely agree with you on both Bedard and Fantilli. I think with Bedard, I think we're going to see a little bit of what Jack Hughes looked like his first year, yeah. sort of trying to get adjusted to playing against bigger guys and, you know, not college-level athletes and playing against NHL pros. I think we'll see that a little bit this year. And I think the Blackhawks, what they have to do is be very patient with him, but I don't exactly know if they're going to do that because of the team that they have around him. I mean, you get you get a good pickup in Taylor Hall who can be a legitimate goal scorer, but outside of him, they don't really have anyone who can have good offensive output yeah, on that team. Yeah, because, again, Connor Bedard's not going to – he's not going to look great if he doesn't have a great team exactly. surrounding him. Um, Fantilli, too. I, I, I think Fantilli's the same thing. Columbus is just a mess right now. I mean, Mike Babcock is – I'm, yeah, maybe the worst coach in NHL history at this point. I mean, it's, they are facing so much trouble. Yeah, they. I mean, they have Johnny Gaudreau. It, that's and that and a couple right of, now does not look like a good signing. But. And a couple of uh, uh of old Umish guys, um, they really capitalize off of you <laughs> Umish veterans, <laughs> but they are simply just a mess right now. Um, so I think it's. It's gonna be a rookie coming from a put together team, I agree. and which is why I think Luke Hughes could could really. Come I honestly out. think it's going to be Logan Cooley's to lose this year. I mean, Arizona—they did not look like a bad team last year. No, I think that they're gonna surprise everyone. I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people with how good that they're gonna be. They already have Clayton Keller, who's a legit goal scorer. I yeah. mean, he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I like the team that they're building up there in Arizona, and I don't think that Logan Cooley is going to have to do as much or is expected to do as much as Bedard and Fantilli are going to be expected to do for their respective teams. And I think that's going to give him leeway to sort of grow and develop and, of course, open a lot of more opportunities for him than what Bedard and Fantilli are going to get. So, and I mean, you you saw the clips of him during preseason, oh, obviously. they were phenomenal. He, looks, he already looks ready to play, and I think... I we're gonna we're gonna touch on our award winner predictions a little bit, but I think for the Calder, I think it's Logan Cooley's to lose right now. Uh, for I think for sure, um, it's I think the Coyotes are gonna surprise people this year again. Like you said, Clayton Keller um is phenomenal, and they're just really um building uh Dylan Gunther too of Team Canada um from the WJC. He was also doing really good. Uh, they just gained Alex Kerfoot too, um from the Maple Leafs, um. So they've been building on the off season. Uh, they they are a bit of like an older team, uh, I would say. Definitely. But uh, I think the veteran talent might might be able to help them. And um, like you said, with 
uh, Fantilli and Vidard that, you know, the draft just happened. All eyes are going to be on them. Every mistake they made is going to be televised. Definitely. But for eyes aren't necessarily on Lo- Logan Cooley all the time, only when he does something really good. When he does something really good, he gets a lot of publicity. Um, whereas for uh, Bedard and Fantilli, when they do something bad, there gets a lot, a lot of publicity. Yes, um, and so I think that everything will just be magnified for them. Um, so I think it's going to come out of a, someone who's, you know, less anticipated or less hyped up, especially this year. Um, so just going to come in Logan Cooley. Definitely. So we'll get to our Calder winter predictions uh, a little bit later here. We're going to be moving on to our next uh, topic here. A big offseason topic, Patrick Kane, still unsigned by any team. Of course, he was dealing with a lot of injury issues over the summer, trying to heal back from uh, the problems that he was having. He's stated that he's fully healthy, he's ready to go, yet no one has signed him yet. I mean, what do you think he's going to get signed this year? What team? And if so, I mean, what team do you think is going to end up doing it? Um... I mean, yeah, Patrick Kane, he's getting older. Um, I, I agree. He's for sure getting older. Um, I mean, not as old as Crosby or Ovechkin, uh, but the thing is, they're Crosby and Ovechkin. And, I mean, he's Patrick Kane, but the fact that he didn't have a long-term contract is, is really is really scary. And you can definitely, I, I mean, you can see the regression that he's had yeah. over the past years since, you know, about what 2019 2020 yeah. he seemed to have regressed every year since of course as he's been getting older i mean yeah and even um since the trade from the blackhawks his future has looked really um iffy uh the blackhawks obviously not wanting him um but then maybe what? talk of wanting him back for bedard um and then getting traded to uh, the Rangers, who obviously had that, no interest in that keeping him. That was what him. really surprised me, too, was that the Rangers didn't end up re-signing him. And, I mean, we know how much offensive help they really need. They lost Terrence Seiko, of course, in the offseason. Um, they were really relying on those midseason acquisitions that they made uh, last year to really boost their offense and sort of project them all the way to the Stanley Cup. But, I mean, they still haven't signed him, which I thought was very interesting that they just not they didn't like the output that he put, it seems like. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like there's a very specific brand of players that the Rangers likes to attract. Um, and I just don't think they found that in Patrick Kane. He wasn't doing enough. He wasn't the Patrick Kane that he was in, um, you know, 2007, 2008. And I, they just seem to have no interest in, in keeping him. And I think that he's going to go to another low-level team. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres seem to be interested in him. But I would I would love if he goes to the Buffalo Sabres. I think that if that they, could be really interesting. That could be. I think that could be really good for Patrick Kane. He doesn't have to rely a lot on scoring his own goals. He's got enough. They have enough guys on that team where they can score. And I mean, they can the, score as many goals. The as Sabres. Hate to say it, but there's not very many. There's not high expectations for them no. usually um they do have a pretty solid lineup i but, love their team this year um well rasm stalin just resigned uh 8 years 88 million dollars which is just pretty pretty phenomenal they insane. got they have so many first round picks or they have so many uh, first overall picks 
um, to add depth into their lineup, but no one ever seems to really uh, give the Sabres a chance. So I think that that would be a great place for Patrick Kane to sort of rest and recover and think about the future of his career. But honestly, I, I'm not thinking it's going to be uh, too many seasons longer, uh, especially if, if he doesn't sign a long contract then it's it's not going to be much longer. Definitely. We'll keep you guys updated on Patrick Kane's development. I mean, you guys will probably see it before we can ever talk about it, but obviously we'll be touching on it more later in the season. Now we move on to division winners. Ooh. This one's going to be very interesting because it seems like the NHL is just wide open this year. So I'm very interested to see who we pick for our division winners. We're going to start... In the Eastern Conference with the Atlantic Division. You go first. I I said before our podcast, I have a very interesting take on who's gonna win the Eastern or who's gonna win the Atlantic. I have to go with the Buffalo Sabres. Wow. I think they're gonna win the Atlantic. I love the acquisitions that they made in the offseason. Dylan Cousins is a legit defender that they needed because their defense was, I mean, outside of Rasmus Dahlin, it was not looking good. They have Tage Thompson. They have so many great goal scorers on that team. Um, Really, and I honestly think that Darren Levi is going to be their guy in goal. Oh, I I love him. I think he's going to have an amazing season this year, and that was, I think, the one thing that the Sabres were missing was a legitimate goaltender who they can look at and say go out and win us a game. No, I I think I think Levi is going to be I think Levi's going to be that guy for the Sabres and I think this team just becomes finally for once a complete team instead of, you know, the offensive showcase that we saw last year and just absolutely no defense or goaltending. I think they found all those answers. They did the right thing in free agency to address these issues and through the draft. And, and looking at the Atlantic, I mean, outside of maybe Toronto or Florida. I mean, obviously, I got shout out the hometown Red Wings who look like legit playoff contenders this year as well. But I mean, outside of, I I think Florida maybe gives them a little bit of a fight. But I don't like what I saw from them in the regular season last year. They really struggled. Um, I don't know if I don't have, I don't know what to expect from them this year. But look, just looking at the Sabers, man. I think they got the team to do it. I think they're gonna finally. Make the playoffs this year, and not only that, I think they're going to win the Atlantic Division. Um, it's only been like a decade for them <laughs> since yeah, they last made the only playoffs. Only been a decade, but I think this is finally the year they break the streak. I mean, honestly, they have a lot of depth in them. <laughs> I mean, I can see, I can see the vision that you're that you're describing. They they made a lot of good moves in the off season too. They I mean, did again. Dylan Cousins is a 30, 30 goal scorer. And another mm-hmm. great defensive piece that they added on their team. I mean, that's exactly I mean, the type of yeah. player that the Sabres needed. No, they have it, – it's the talent that they have and how, like, they've been brushed under the rug for so many years. But and, they have such and of course, raw talent. we have to mention the man, Tage Thompson. Oh, Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson might score 50 goals this year, and I would just not be surprised at all. Shout out to my mom, but she has a huge crush on Tage Thompson. <laughs> she <laughs> thinks that he's the coolest. Um, but uh, I the, the raw talent is just so obvious in in Buffalo that it, once they get it sorted out and into some definite lines. Or I'm I, sorry, I, I'm going to 
backtrack on a mistake here. Dylan Cousins is a center. I don't know why I thought he was on defense. He's a, but still another great thirty goal scorer to put a little bit more pressure off of Thompson. Yeah, to be scoring goals for them all the time. But I mean, obviously Thompson can. Obviously perform. Thompson can do that. Yes. <laughs> um. Whew. Um. So for the Atlantic Division. Uh, there's some very obvious choices on who it's not going to be. We talked about this a little before the the show. Uh, the Bruins lost a lot. I don't think. I think again. I think they're going to miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, Bruins are just not looking to be the Presidents Trophy winners that they were uh, this season. They're getting older. Uh, same with the Lightning. Uh, I think. I think the Lightning are getting older. They're they're not in their back-to-back Stanley they're in, Cups. They're in for a big regression season this year. Yeah. And it's very concerning that they have also the Steven Stamkos situation for me is very yeah. concerning too that they just refuse to do any types of contract negotiation with them. Who's, I mean, he's your captain. He's been the guy there yeah, he for is. almost a decade at this point and they just, it, it, it astonishes me that they won't even talk to him about contract extensions right now. Yeah, that, that's really concerning. Um, I just think the Lightning are getting older than they need to be. They're they're not in their era of back-to-back Stanley Cups anymore, um, so we're going to be seeing less of them. The Ottawa Senators are always kind of they're middle Ottawa. of the ground. I They'll have a nice young team this year, but I, I don't think they're, they're quite there yet. The Maple Leafs, I don't <laughs> think, have made enough changes to carry them forward. Um, they're <laughs> I always think back to the meme I saw that was like, the Maple Leafs' best defensive strategy is just scoring more goals than the other team, and we know that that's not sustainable. <laughs> it looks for like them. they're going to be continuing with that strategy uh, this year, as they just did nothing to fix the absolute problem that is that defense. They are struggling so hard. Uh, they <laughs> there's there's nothing really that they they've done on the off season that's really helpful besides like re-signing Austin Matthews, who hasn't even been performing as well as he has been in the past years, um, and then making some questionable contract negotiations. Uh, so with that, I'm going to have to go with the Panthers. I think once really? Matthew Kachuk is back, full health, um, I think they can put a lot of pressure. I think that they're very, their playing style is very erratic, and I think that has a lot to do with Matthew Kachuk. Um, I think they like to come out of nowhere and then be very aggressive. Um but it, it seems to be working. Um, but I do I do agree. I think the Sabres can give them a run for their money. Um, but other than that, I'm thinking the Atlantic Division is not what it was. Definitely. Um, it's not what it's it was. It's not what it was. It definitely is not what it was last year. I think it's going to be a much weaker conference than it was last year, yeah. which, I mean, last year was it was a, it was a dogfight between the top four or five teams. But... Moving on, we're going to go to the Metro Division. I mean, this division is interesting, to say the least, but I still think we both have the same pick for our division winner. Um, I think, honestly, I know a lot of people are very excited about many teams in this division, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be the New Jersey Devils by an absolute mile. I mean, looking at the talent they have on this team, Timo Meyer is maybe one of the best midseason acquisitions I've seen in oh, a while. Oh, for sure. Um, adding such a dynamic goal scorer to a team that already has a crap ton of dynamic <laughs> goal scorers is nuts. Um, 
the, their top line is going to be Hughes, Meyer, Hersher, probably Hughes and Dougie Hamilton. I mean, that top line. Well, no, Hisher and Hughes don't play on the same line. Oh, you're right. You're right. Hisher plays that. on the second line. You're right on that. Their second line but even is still, so like, stacked. Their though. second line is their second line has their Nico second Hirsch line on. could be a first line. That, exactly. I, this team has so much depth. Um, I mean, maybe the one question you could say about them is goaltending. Will Vitek Vanacek back up the solid year that he had last year? But I think he does that. But I really don't think it'll matter. I, I think don't think the- they're going to let a lot of shot on goals to the in the first place with how good their defense is going to be. And they just have so many weapons offensively. It's just going to be impossible to keep up with them. And especially looking at the Metro 2, I I believe a lot of these teams are overhyped. Yeah, but the Devils are so young and they're so fast. And I think there's a lot of talent on there. I, I think we're seeing the NHL equivalent of the Atlanta Braves right now. A team <laughs> that just looks like they're going to dominate for the next seven to eight years. No, because these and players just are just going to get all these players locked up. They're just going to get like because Jack Hughes is reaching. Um, he's only just like peaking, and he's not even peaking. Yeah. He's still building because um, he's such a young player. He's got so much career ahead of him. Um, I think that the only questionable part of the Devils is is their goaltending, and I think if they could find a, a really solid I, goaltender, I think Vanacek is still going to be really good. I just. I don't know if he's going to be that upper echelon of good that maybe the Devils, the Devils are going to need. Yeah, I mean yeah. the Devils' brand is like excellent. Yeah, um, and and Vanacek, he's not he's not one of the top uh, goalies in the league. Definitely so not. I think I think they should try to find uh, uh, that excellence in goaltending. But if not, Vanacek is still a pretty good option. Um, so with that, yeah, I have to agree. The Devils are gonna. Uh, destroy the Metropolitan Division. The only team that I think could really give them a run for their money is going to be the Hurricanes. But I, I have a lot of questions about the Hurricanes as well. I have more questions about the Hurricanes than I do the Devils. That's for sure. That's that's for sure. I think you're looking at the other teams, the Penguins. They're look, Penguins are looking really old, uh, even with the Eric Carlson trade. Capitals just look like they're trying to get uh, Ovechkin to break Wayne Gretzky's. They're on a completely different point. side quest. That's all they want. They're they're not there to win the Stanley Cup. They're there to, to <laughs> they're break just, that. They're just they're just waiting for Ovechkin to break the record. And and they're gonna get so much clout for that. Of course. Um, uh, I mean Ovechkin's getting so old as well, but he's he's I, still producing. I think I think he'll end up. I think he'll end up making it. I think he he'll, he, I don't think he's gonna retire until he gets it. No, I don't either. I I think they will keep signing him and he will keep playing until he until breaks he it. breaks that record. Um. It might it might take them a few seasons, but I think looks like they're be, they're going to be able to afford a couple losing seasons if that's the case. And I mean, again, we we talked about the Blue Jackets; they're kind of a mess right now. Islanders, they got they got talent. They don't have like remarkable talent yeah. that you know you need to win the Metropolitan Division. They have a solid team, but it's it's not Metropolitan Division winning. I yeah, talent. I think it'll be interesting to see. If the Islanders and Rangers are sort of, and and the Hurricanes too, I'm going to be interested to see if they're sort of able to suppress this offensive output that the Devils are going to yeah. have on their team. I mean, obviously these three teams do have really great defenses. Um, I mean, besides the Hurricanes, the Rangers and the Islanders have like two of the top yeah five goalies in 
all of the mm-hmm. NHL right now. So I think that'll be very interesting, but I still just I don't think they'll have enough. I think at the end of the day, the better team is going to win, and I think that's going to be the Devils. Yeah, and I mean, Flyers aren't even worth mentioning. <laughs> it seems in the, Fly- in the Metropolitan Flyers, Division. Flyers, I think, could be a fun young team this year, but obviously they're definitely looking for another rebuild year this they year. Ba- they are working with very, very few players, and they're not even going to get Mitchkov. Of course, a great draft acquisition, yeah. but they're not getting Mitchkov for several years. Um, so we'll see how they look in uh, about three years. Yeah. But for now, they're not looking to be much of a threat to yes. anyone. So both of us pick the New Jersey Devils to win the Metropolitan Division. We are going to now move on to the Western Conference. We are going to start with the Central Division. And I think that it has to be Colorado. I think it's going to be them for the third year in a row. Um, obviously, they had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of injury issues last yeah. year. Landis Gog is still not playing, I don't think. I, I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't know if anyone knows when he's going to come back. But at, at, at the end of the day, this Avalanche team, healthy, is still one of the best teams I, in the NHL. I think that um, the Avalanche are in they are they have the capabilities to uh like i think that they're what tampa bay wants to be um <laughs> but tampa bay they they can't quite be that they can't right quite now. be but i think the avalanche are i mean i you can't have mckinnon and mccarr on your team and not just absolutely dominate everyone in your division exactly um you know you got the nhl cover athlete on there and nathan mckinnon has been such a solid player uh ever since he was drafted and, I mean, I just think that they have a lot of talent on there. I think they have a lot of draft prospect talent as well. Um, I think the stars. I, I think, think the they stars can keep it competitive. I think it. W- I think it will be um, competitive. I think the stars. Um, Jason Robertson is definitely going to give he's, a lot of players to learn from their money. He's going to be really good this year, and obviously having Jake Ottinger and goalies. A very oh, big Jake Ottinger's well. is is really really helping, and <clears throat> Connor Hellebuck just resigned with the Jets, so the goaltending is going to be competitive. I don't, in the I Central. don't want you to bring that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Connor Hellebuck just get traded to the Red Wings. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. That's all. I, that's all a man can ask for. But yeah, I I mean I agree with you. I think it's going to end up being if the if the Avalanche can stay healthy, I think this is their division to lose. Um, I don't. I don't like Minnesota. They haven't shown me enough offensively. I mean, Kaprizov is really good, but they re- they of just that, resigned uh, Matt Zuccarello. Um, uh, he he's getting older though. He's, he's getting not, older. He's, not performing. It, it, he's getting older, and really, just outside of those two, they don't really have anyone else who can you know pick up some offensive production for them. Um, they're yeah. really good defensively, of course, and I mean having Philip Gustafson and Mark Andre Fleury and that is going to be. Uh, a huge plus, but I just I don't think they have I don't I think they're just stuck in the same loop again that they are last season. You know, really great defense, horrible offense, and I think they're just they haven't done enough to show. Them I that, mean, that they got the they got Matt Boldy in there, um, who recorded uh, he had a hat trick last season. Um, but again, I just they got a really solid top line, and then you know a kind of solid second line and a kind of questionable rest of the lines and 
Uh, like you said, the coyote, like we talked about earlier, the coyotes I think might come up and and surprise everyone. But I I think it's I think it's going to be the Avalanche by a long shot. Right. So we both agree, Colorado Avalanche are going to take the Central Division. Moving on to the last but not least, the Pacific Division. This one to me. Looking at the top three teams that I think are going to be the top three, this one looks like a really fun division that it we're going to have this year. But um, I think that I'm going to have to go and uh, I think I'm going to have to pick Edmonton to win the division. Really? I think the I think Vegas is going to have a really big Stanley Cup hangover. Um, I, I don't think they'll end up being the same. They have, again, really good players on their team still. They, I mean, if you have Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, and Jonathan Marshall on your team, you're going to be really good. I think they found their goalie answer in Aiden Hill. He played oh, absolutely sure. phenomenal in the playoffs. But Edmonton's just, they're too high-powered of a team to just not win this division. I i think they're too good offensively to just... I have to disagree. Really? Um, the Oilers haven't, to me, just haven't done enough to change in the off season. I, and... I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you on this. I have huge question marks about their defense. Obviously that's been the problem for them for years and they still have not done anything to address it. And goal, goalkeeping as well. I mean, Stuart, Stuart Skinner looked serviceable last year, but I mean, Jack Campbell, I mean, you sign a goalie for that much money and he just ends up stinking it up for the whole season. It's, not a very good sign for the Oilers, but I—I I mean, I—I I don't think they've proven to be a team that's dedicated to changing what they need to even make a run for the Stanley Cup. Um, I mean, they've had McDavid and they've had Dyseidel for so long, and they still can't manage to keep it together long enough to to win a cup. That's that's scary to me, um, and. For that reason, I'm gonna have to go with the Kraken. Really? Yeah. Young Kraken, you think are gonna I come think, up? I think the Young Kraken. I think Maddie Beniers just was our 2023 Calder winner. Um, I think he's gonna continue that development. I think they they don't have a captain right now, but um, I think they're really strong. The Golden Knights, like you said, are gonna have a little bit of a rough year, but I think they'll still be up there. Um, I think they just got a lot of they got a lot of talent on there. Kraken also have a lot of talent. Um, so do the Oilers. The Oilers have a lot of talent, but just they have not been able to do it, and they haven't made enough changes for me to believe they can do it. Okay, so I don't trust them. <laughs> it looks like so we're gonna have differing opinions here on our Pacific winning divisions. I have Edmonton. Sydney is gonna have Seattle, but now we're gonna move on to award-winning predictions. Um, we're going to go through the Hart, Calder, Vesna, Selkie, and Norris. Um, Hart, we're going to start with. Um, I think that we have both the same answer here. We're just going to say the same name. It's going to be Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. It's Connor McDavid. It has been for the past however many seasons. It will continue it, to be for ever until anyone can even start to imagine producing as much as he can. But it's it's going to be Connor McDavid. I, I, I agree. We don't really have to touch much on it. it Connor McDavid's Connor McDavid. 
So we're going to move on now to the Calder Trophy, which might be a little bit more of an interesting competition here. Sydney, I know you, we talked about it a little bit before on the podcast. You have, of course, your hot take for the Calder. I think, I think it could be, okay, so my top three for the Calder are Logan Cooley, Luke Hughes, and Matthew Nyes of Toronto. Of but because I think Toronto is going to be an absolute crap show <laughs> <laughs> this year, um, I don't think it's going to be... Matthew Nyes. Um, I'm very hesitant to say it's Luke Hughes, so I think I'm going to go Logan Cooley. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree here. I think, again, as I said earlier, this is Logan Cooley's quarter trophy to lose. I think he's in the best situation out of all the top rookies um, from the NHL who are in contention for the quarter right now, and I think he's going to shine really well in that Arizona team, and I think he has a phenomenal season, and ends up winning the Calder as well. Moving on now, we're going to go to the Vesna. I think this one's going to be very interesting. I think is going to be close between two New York goaltenders that we mentioned earlier on the show. Really? You're thinking it's going to go to New York and not not Boston? I think it's going to go to New York this year. I like, you think I it's love, Shesterkin? I, I think it's going to be Shesterkin. I think, I think it's about time Shesterkin. It's it's about time he it's about time he gets the recognition and I think with the way that the Rangers are set up this year they really are going to rely on Chesterkin to win games for them. I think that's going to stand out the most amongst voters is yeah. just the way the Rangers are going to play this year and I think I mean he's got to be the clear favorite this year and I think he's going to be the one who wins it. I I, I definitely think Chesterkin has uh he de- I think he definitely has earned it. I think he's proved it for the past couple of seasons um, that he's <laughs> I'm one of the best <laughs> goaltenders in the league. Um, I think if we're, we're talking about teams that are going to be fully relying on their goaltenders to carry them, um, Boston's going to be doing much the same. I personally love Boston's goaltending. Um, but, yeah, I think I, think I can agree on Shesterkin going on that. All right, Vesna. so we both agree Igor Shesterkin is our pick for the Vesna this year. And we're going to move on to an interesting one. It's going to be the Selkie that we're going to talk about. Of course, Patrice Bergeron did end up retiring this year. He was the one who won most of the Selkie trophies in the past 20 years yeah. since he's played. So now, no no Bergeron. Who do we think is going to win it this year? I don't know. Um... That's. I know last year, uh, Nico his year was nominated. He was, and I think I think Nico's an absolutely phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal captain of the Devils. Um, I think Nico his could do it, but I think my heart is telling me I have no reasons to back this up. But Dylan Larkin, really? <laughs> I'm for some odd reason I'm feeling Dylan Larkin. I'm feeling. Captains of teams always, always win these awards. Yeah. Um, I'm hot take Dylan Larkin. Interesting. I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one. I love Dylan Larkin as a huge Red Wings fan, but I think I'm gonna have to go Nico Hersher. I mean, the way that team I think is gonna use him in terms of how much talent they have around him, they're really just gonna be looking on him to make a defensive impact more than an offensive impact on that team. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna just try to use him a lot defensively, and I think that, at the end of the day, is going to end up winning him the Selkie Trophy. I mean, Nico's an absolute weapon. I mean, having him in any part of the ice is going to 
it's gonna progress the Devils. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He was nominated this year. He could so win this year, uh, or you could this next year. Um, no, I'm excited to see what the how the Devils use him. Definitely. So, moving on to our last and final one, we're gonna talk about the Norris Trophy. This one, I think, is going to be very interesting this year as we have a lot of really good defensemen who I think could possibly win it. Um, I think I'm going to have to... Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with a hot take here. Mo Sider. Mo Sider. Is going to win the Norris Trophy. I know he does not put up as many points as Carlson or Kale McCart is probably going to this year. But, I mean, I think he's just... The team, the Red Wings team this year, I think he's just in for such a big year defensively. Um, he's finally found his pairing in Jake Wallman, which is very important. He's going to have a full season with him, which is really good. I think that's going to propel him into the type of player that we saw him, that what, what he could be in his quarter campaign um, two years ago. But I, I think... I think he takes that next step and becomes one of the elite defensemen of the NHL, and I think he's going to win the Norris this year. I... Don't get me wrong. I love Mo. <laughs> Mo Slater is, he is phenomenal for the Red Wings. Uh, I think he's really good. He's one of our, you know, in my opinion, the best, one of the best players we have on the Red Wings, uh, for sure. Um, him and Dylan Larkin, um, absolute weapons for the Red Wings. But I think it is Quinn Hughes' year really? to win the Norris. Um, you know, just w getting that captaincy for the Canucks. I, I think... Honestly, I was rooting for him to get in the, the Norris last year as well, but that was a little kind of out of the books. But I think this year he's definitely going to take charge uh, on the Canucks. And I don't know. I, th I think it's going to be Quinn Hughes. Um, and if not, it is going to be Cal McCarr because <laughs> when in doubt, Cal McCarr, go Cal McCarr is good enough. Definitely. So we will see how these picks end up going at the end of the year. But moving on, we're going to do – one quick Stanley Cup champion pick. Um, I again, I think this one's gonna be really quick. I think we, we both, both agree. agree here. Um, it's it's gonna be New Jersey. It's gonna be Jersey. It's gonna be New Jersey. I mean, this team looks like they're ready to win now. Um, I think they're so young, but I think that that could. They really got a lot of playoff experience last year. I mean, winning a playoff series is no joke. And now that they know what it's like to be in the playoffs. I, sky's the limit for this team. Um, I, I know, again, they're young, but they have that experience um, that they got last year. Um, and this team's just this team's just too deep. I think with a captain like they have, um, Nico, Nico could lead a Stanley Cup winning exactly. team. Exactly. And so I think I, I think we are in both agreeing here. This team is just, it's there. I think it's theirs to lose this year. Yeah, it's... It's definitely New Jersey's. Definitely. So we have our quick Stanley Cup champion pick. Me and Sydney both agree on New Jersey. We're going to do this next week as well when hopefully Cooper and Lily join us to get their predictions as well. And we're going to judge at the end of the season how, of course, our picks did. But moving on, we're going to go to our week one pick -em as we have our first slate of NHL games here this week. We're going to go through all the big games on the week. Um, we have on Tuesday our first triple header of the NHL season. First game is going to be the Predators versus the Lightning at home. Lightning, our, fa our favorite, minus 170 in this game, and I'm going to have to go with the Lightning to win this game. Um, Predators are look like they're in a rebuilding mode. 
Um, Lightning, I, I, as older they are, they're still a really good team, and they'll still be able to compete for a playoff spot. Um, I mean, I think with Vasilevsky. With Vasilevsky between the pipes. Net, yeah, I mean, oh. you can you can always win a bunch of games with Vasilevsky in the pipes. So I'm going to have to go with the Lightning in this first game. Yeah. Both I, of us I'm agree. Okay, so both of us pick Lightning. Moving on to the first so the second game of the night, we have the Blackhawks, Connor Bernard's debut against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Penguins are minus two forty in this game and they are all set at home. Um I again am gonna have to agree with the odds makers here. I'm gonna go with the Penguins. Blackhawks. For sure. I, I, I think Connor Bernard will have an impressive Debut, I guess. I think Connor Bedard's gonna shit his pants when he plays against Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're actually allowed to say that on air. <laughs> so we'll find some way to cut that out. But um, <laughs> in, in terms, in, in, that's what Sidney believes. But I think he'll end up having a good debut. I don't think the lights will end up being too bright for him. I think. You know, I don't think that you know Austin Matthews scored four goals in his debut game. He thinks Con- He said in an interview, he's like Connor Bedard will probably score six goals. I don't believe that's the case. <laughs> Um, I didn't know I was so much of a Connor Bedard hater until we started recording. This is bad. But um, I'm going to have to go Penguins. They're a lot yeah. older, but I think their experience is really going to help, especially because the Blackhawks still have massive gaps. I agree. So we're both going Penguins on this one. Final game on Tuesday night is the championship ceremony for the Golden Knights as the Seattle Kraken come into town. Golden Knights are favored minus 170 in this game. And... I think I'm going to have to go with the Golden Knights on this one. It's so hard to win in Vegas. That place is going to be rocking for that championship ceremony. I think the Golden Knights are going to end up showing out for them, and I think they end up winning this game. I'm going to have to go Kraken. Really? I think... I I thought about it, but I, it's, it's so hard to win in Vegas, and that place is just going to be is, so It is really hard, but I think, I think they're going to also be distracted. I think they're... I think the Golden Knights are going to come in with a lot of confidence, um, thinking like, ah, oh, we just won this. Like, <laughs> this will be a cakewalk, and I, I think it'll be a little harder than they think. But, I mean, I think that's a hard one, but I can see I can see your point, but my heart's telling me cracking. Definitely. So now we're going to move on to the best game on the Wednesday slate. We're going to go the Avalanche versus the Kings. The Kings are actually favored minus 110 in this game against the Avalanche. Um... I don't like the, I I understand no. Kings are at home on this one. Uh Kings are getting too old for me. They haven't really changed much. Um I'm sure they'll be a playoff team this year. I don't think a very competitive playoff team though. And again, as we said before, Avalanche are still really good when they're healthy, so I'm going to have to go with the Avalanche with the win on the road. For sure. So both of us are going to go with the Colorado Avalanche here. Moving on to the Thursday slate, we have the Rangers Visiting the Buffalo Sabres, Rangers are favored minus 120 in this one. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Sabres here. I think Darren Levy is going to be a net for this game, for one. I think he has a very impressive day. I think he has a very impressive first game. Uh, I have so many question marks about the Rangers offensively. Their defense, of course, is absolutely phenomenal when you have Igor Seshikin and Adam Fox on defense. It's going to be phenomenal. But I, I think the Sabres are just going to be able to out-offense them still, and I think they come out with a win at home. I, I agree. I think the Sabres can win. I think the Rangers are still gapping massively on the offensive front. Um, 
and they might be able to defend against goals, but I don't know how many goals are going to be able to be scored, uh, you know, by them. So I think the Sabres, they got the depth, like we talked about earlier. They they have the forwards. They have the defenders. Um, Devin Levi and goal, going to do absolutely amazing things for them, um, as he did last year. So Sabres for sure. So we're both going to go Sabres for that one. Moving on to the next game, we have the Red Wings. <laughs> Versus the New Jersey Devils. The Devils are, for some reason, minus 260 in this game. Um, listen, I think Vegas is putting way too much doubt on this Red Wings team. They addressed the problems that they needed besides, of course, goaltending. Connor Hellebuck, please come to the Red Wings. I'm <laughs> begging you. We need you, man. But um, I think they added, of course, a lot defensively or offensively. Alex Dabrinkit is... I think going to have a bounce back year this year. I think he's going to play a lot better than he did last year and go back to being that 30, 40 goal type of scorer. Um, Obviously we know the talent that Dylan Warkin has. Um, That top line I think is just too good. Um, But the devils are the devils. I think, I think they'll end up winning in a close game. No, I think, I think the Red Wings are great and I think they have the capability to, to win against a lot of teams. Just the Devils not are not New Jersey Devils. The Devils are not one of those. Teams, Devils though. are not one of those. Teams. Especially not, not right now. Yeah. Um, I think the Devils are really hungry, and I think they're just. I think they're just gonna. They're gonna win that we'll one. We'll see. I think Prudential Center is gonna be rocking for that game as well. Moving on to our next one, we have the Panthers visiting the Minnesota Wild. The Wild are minus one twenty in this game. Um. This one's going to be tough for me. No, I think they're very... Because mad. I don't know what type of Sergei Bobrovsky we're going to get this year from the from in the Panthers. Um, he struggled a lot in the regular season. Of course, he had that amazing postseason run that carried them all the way to the Stanley Cup final. But um, he's getting up there in age. Um, again... You're talking Not. to the girl that has a Sergei Bobrovsky hockey card I, in her I laptop see that, case. But I, at the same time, you can you can agree right here with what I'm saying that the regular season he had last year, he did not look like the Sergei Bobrovsky that we know um, he mm-hmm. is, and that regression showed a lot. If he can come back and come into that playoff form, then this Panthers team is going to be very dangerous. Um, but if he comes out flat, I think this team is going to play exactly like they did in the regular season last year and just be constantly fighting for a playoff spot instead of securing one uh, early on in the season. So um, I know I just talked a lot about the Panthers, but I still think they're going to win that game. I think they have a little bit more offensive output I, than I think the it's Wild be, do. I think it's going to be Matthew Kachuk versus Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, Kirill Kaprizov versus... Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. I think that's, that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to come down to those four players alone. Um, not much else. So it's really going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be Matthew Kachuk versus versus Kirill Kaprizov. And honestly, I I think Matthew Kachuk's gonna gonna come out on top. So we're both going to pick the Panthers there. Moving on to Friday, we have ESPN Hockey Night. Penguins versus Capitals, old rivalry here, Ovechkin versus Crosby. Penguins are minus 125 in this game, and I'm going to have to agree with the odds makers here. I think it's going to be the Penguins. Capitals have way too much missing right now um, outside of Ovechkin. I love Darcy Kemper as a goalie. He's really good, Um, but besides that, 
there's just nothing that nothing else that I really like about this Capitals team. And I think the Penguins, uh, while old, they still have a lot of talent on their team. I mean, so I uh, think Eric Carlson go is Eric Carlson's old, and so their core is really old. I agree, but I but think Eric Carlson's still going to deliver. They're still, yeah, they're, he's still Eric Carlson. I still think he'll have a good year this year, but I, I, I don't see the Capitals winning this one. I uh, know. I'm gonna have to go with Penguins on here. It's going into Sidney Crosby's 19th NHL season, which is absolutely let's, insane. Let's appreciate it now before it's gone, because but we don't I, know how many Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin games we have left. I think I think he's still kicking. Uh, <laughs> NHL seems to think that he's still uh, top 10 players in the league, um, which is kind of bonkers, <laughs> but. I'm, I'm gonna have to go with penguins on this one definitely so both of us go with the penguins now we can move on to saturday uh the wild will go and visit the toronto maple leaves there are no odds for this game yet but the maple leaves are again at home um i'm gonna have to go with the maple leaves here um i think they just have a little bit more talent than the wild do i think the wild with their schedule might be in for a tough first week um I'm going to go with the Maple Leafs here. I mean, this is, is going to be a typical Maple Leafs game. It's going to be a battle of goal scoring. And if we look at the battle of goal scoring. I, I Listen, I wouldn't be surprised because there are three guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and Minnesota Wild games hitting the under. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the Leafs, um, if it comes down to a battle of goal scoring, which I firmly believe it will because both teams kind of lack a s- strong defensive uh, line Maple Leafs are going to come out on top. I mean, with the, the core five that the Leafs got, it's kind of hard to beat those, especially in in the beginning of the season. Um, yeah, it's Maple Leafs. All right, so we're both going to go Maple Leafs here. Moving on to our last and final game, we have the Sabers going against the Islanders. Sabers play both New York teams this week. Islanders are minus one thirty. Um. I think I'm going to have to go with the Sabres here again. I think it's the same thing with the game they play against the Rangers. I love the Sabres offense. Um, I don't like the Islanders offense. Uh, granted, Islanders, Ilya Sorokin and Net, they have a great defense, but I, I don't think they'll end up being enough. I think the Sabres will just have way too much on offense for the Islanders to handle, and I'm going to pick them to win this game. I'm actually going to have to go with the Islanders. Really? I think... Uh, Sabres versus uh, Rangers, I think that's kind of... It feels obvious just because of the gaps that the Rangers are are holding in their team, but I feel like the Islanders are a really strong team. They're not a very threatening team, (laughs) but they are a very solid team. Um, I think... I don't know. But Horvat... But Horvat can still do so much, and um, they still have Matt Barzal too. They still which, have Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal is not to be. He's not. He's under not the rug. to be brushed brushed off. Uh, Brock but. Nelson as well. Um, Anders Lee. Um, all those guys. I think they're still a solid team. Um, and I, Sabres winning winning both games in, against New York, New York teams. I just I just don't see it happening. <laughs> All right, so Sydney is going to go with the Islanders. We're going to make sure we keep track of these picks. We're going to do them every week going across the slate of NHL games for the week, the top games, of course. And we're going to probably add them up by the end of the year and see, see who, who comes out. Uh, yeah, see who comes out with the best record. But that's going to do for us here on the Behind the Mask 
podcast. This is episode one, week one. We'll be back again next Tuesday. Well, we'll be back next Wednesday as Sydney is going to New Jersey for the Devils game. Yes. Um, that will be a lot of fun. Devils so. versus the Panthers. I will definitely be recapping that. <laughs> so we will be touching on that when she comes back. And, of course, we will give you back that podcast on Wednesday. But for now, this is Oscar Henderson. Thank you for our my co-host, Sydney Isham. Of course, Cooper Evans, Lily Semmel. Uh, we thank them as well for just being on the hockey beat. And, of course, <laughs> yeah. when they are here next week, we will be able to thank them in person. But for now, that is going to do for us on Behind the Mask. We hope to see you guys later. Thank you.